Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Galatians 4. My little children, start reading at verse 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, somebody say, but Jerusalem, which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Amen. I want to focus on the, on the, the line that says, but Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Somebody say the mother of us all. All right, now turn to Isaiah 66. I know you're standing. Praise the Lord. Verse 8, 66 and 8. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations, 
that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be borne upon her sides, and be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Amen. So notice that he's talking about Zion. He's talking about Jerusalem, which is a representation of the church. Amen. And I want to preach to you this morning a mother of us all, a mother to us all. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands unto the Lord today, and just ask him to speak to you. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord today. Amen. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord today. God, I need you, Lord, today. I pray your hand would be upon this service, Lord. I pray, God, your hand would be upon every mind and every spirit. I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are understanding of your word. I pray, God, that your anointing would flow unrestricted and unrestrained, that you would say what needs to be said, and that you would pour your blessing out upon every mother here today, every family, every child, every father, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Everybody said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The mother of us all. In the book of Galatians, Paul is declaring independence from the Judaizers, the Judaizers, they call them, or the uh, legalizers. They proclaimed that, that uh, what Jesus did mixed with the teachings of the law, the ceremonial law, and that it was not to be done away with, but it was to mix with, and it was a mixture of Christianity and Judaism that they were teaching, teaching that Christianity could only work with the Mosaic law. Amen. But we understand that when Christ came, he fulfilled the law. Amen. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the Mosaic law. Amen. How many know that the, the Old Testament or the Old Covenant was, was, was with it uh, old promises. Amen. But when Jesus came, he signed the new covenant. How many know that there's a new covenant or the new Testament? Do you know what a Testament is? Amen. A Testament is, uh, somebody declares what should happen after they die, right? If you leave your last will and Testament behind, uh, when my dad and my mom, they make out a last will and Testament, uh, to their family, it is their wishes to their children or their offspring that are, or the ones that they had care over. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, um, uh, blood offspring. It can be adopted offspring. Amen. I mean, no, an adopted son or daughter has as much rights as a, a blood daughter or son. Amen. 
How many know that we are adopted into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. Making us partakers of the work and the plan of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. But the New Testament, the Bible tells us, that's established on better promises. Amen. The New Testament, it is the last will and testament. But how many know that in order for a testament to be enforced, the one who wrote the testament has to first die and pass on. Amen. How many know the last will and testament of God Almighty what was what was put into action by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. That when he died on the cross, that the new covenant that was birthed through him and his blood was put into force the moment that he died. But it doesn't end there. How many know that every testament has to have an executor of the will? It's somebody that stands with the authority to enforce that which is enacted by the testament. Amen. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead to become the executor over his own will. Amen. He rose to make sure that the people that was purposed to get the promise would get the promise. Somebody say amen. Amen. In the book of Galatians, Paul goes back and telling them the story of Abraham and Sarah. Amen. How many know the story of Abraham and Sarah? Abraham was the was prophesied by God to be the father of many nations, the father of faith. He said, the whole world will be blessed by your seed. Amen. What is the seed? The offspring. Amen. Is the seed of Abraham was prophesied to be the blessing to all the world. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Amen. The blessing of all the world would be through Abraham. Amen. God chose a man. Somebody say amen. amen. To bring the seed through. Amen. And when he was talking about the seed, he was talking about Isaac's son. Your first, your, your son of promise through his seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Amen. But how many know that, that Abraham and Sarah, which was Abraham's wife, they began to doubt the plan of God. Amen. How many know that he got that promise a long way time before it was fulfilled? Amen. And the moments that he was living in, he was old. He was a hundred years old. He was he was he was far above time to be uh, producing offspring. Amen. And his wife was old and her womb had dried up or she she got past the, the, the point in time where a woman can produce. Amen. She had she had been through the menopause state. Amen. She had passed through the phase of life where she could no longer produce an egg to be fertilized. Amen. They had gotten to the place where it looked like the plan had of God had passed and it was impossible for what God spoke to come to pass. But how many know that that which God brings to pass is not done through the strength and the power of flesh. It's not accomplished through the will of man. It's not even accomplished through our bodies. Come on, somebody. When God gives you a word, he'll bring it to pass. 
Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. When God gives you a word, it's not up to you to perform it. It's not up to you to bring it to pass. It's not up to you to uh, devise circumstances where the, the, the word of God or the promise of God can seemingly come to pass. God don't need your help performing his word. Just stand in faith and believe in and God will do what he said. Somebody say, God will do what he said. Amen. Abraham and Sarah, they began to doubt the promise of God. I mean, we are children of promise. Somebody say promise. Sarah devised this plan in her mind. She says, okay, um, maybe if you go into my handmaiden, because my handmaiden is a servant to me, and since I can't have children anymore, maybe if you go into her and have relations with her, then, then uh, have a son with her, then that'll be like our child because she's a servant to me. Abraham goes, all right. Yeah, this is in the Bible. Read the Bible. There's all kinds of crazy stories in there. Amen. You thought your life was messed up. I could blow your mind right now with some stories from the Bible. And so Abraham goes into Hagar and has relations with her, and she gets pregnant. And she has a son. And they call his name Ishmael. And Ishmael uh, begins to grow. And, and uh, Hagar now has a son with Abraham. And it's causing problems in the family. Because she is elevating herself above Sarah. Amen. And the word of the Lord was that Abraham and Sarah would have a child. Amen. That was the word of God. And so the child begins to grow, and it's, it's a child that was devised through natural means. Amen. It's a child that was produced through a natural plan. Amen. It didn't come through the word of God. How many know the word of God is the plan of God? Amen. And when the word of God is sown, the plan of God will come into existence or be birthed in our lives. The word of God was that God was going to give Abraham and Sarah a child. Amen. Uh, uh, there come a time that when uh, Hagar began to uh, flaunt herself in front of uh, uh, Sarah and the child was flaunting himself in front of Sarah, Sarah got very upset and jealous and said, Okay, Abraham, the time has come for you to get rid of her. Amen. You got to get her out of my house. You got to get rid of her and the child. Get them out of here because they're they're causing more problems and good. Amen. How many know sometimes when we birth things within ourselves, there comes a time in our life where we get tired of those things. We realize the chaos and the problem that it's causing our lives. But how many know that that Ishmael that was birthed through the flesh, that was the child of the bondwoman or the child of the slave woman. He is is still he is still causing problems uh, to God's people 
Amen. How many know that there was a nation born of Ishmael? It was the Muslim nations. It was the nations that come up to, with the Muslim beliefs. Amen. It was the, the, the Arabic people that began to war, the Pakistani people that still war against Israel and the seed of Abraham. Amen. It, the, the prophecy that went over Ishmael's life was his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand will be against him. I don't know about you, but that sounds like like the Muslim nations, amen, that they'll kill you and destroy you and rise up against you. But understand today that regardless of the plan that's working through men, the plan of God is greater than any other plan, and it can overcome any obstacle. Amen. It is, uh, it is Ishmael that warred against Israel. It is Ishmael that still wars against Israel. It is the plan and the purposes uh, that we have that war against the plan of God in our lives. Come on, somebody. It is the plan uh, that we have, the, the things that have been birthed uh, through our lives, through our minds, uh, through our dealings, uh, through, through, through how we've worked it out in our dreams, in our mind uh, of what we want for our lives. Uh, it works against the plan of God in our life. And there's got to come a time in our life where we realize that that which has been birthed through my own plan is not going to work. It's not going to bring me to salvation. I have to turn my will over to God's word and God's word will come to fulfillment in my life. Amen. Abraham and Sarah were childless then again, yet again. But how me know that when the word of the Lord has been spoken, if he said you're going to have a child, you're not childless. Amen. Somebody say amen. The angel of the Lord came to Abraham, began to tell him once again, your wife's going to have a child. And it's going to be the promised child. Amen. It's going to be the child that I had purposed for you to have. Through the time of life, she's going to conceive. And she's going to bear a son, and you're going to call his name Isaac. Amen. And through him, all the nations of the world will be blessed. How many know that uh, Abraham was over 100 years old and Sarah was about 90 years old at this point in time? And Sarah was standing outside of the tent eavesdropping. <laughs> you think mom's not hearing what you're saying. Moms hear everything. Even when you don't tell them or she don't hear you saying, they a lot of times know. There's times where Becca comes to me and she's like, I got a bad feeling about something. We'll begin to talk about it. And it won't be too long that the things that she had a feeling about will come to a reality in our lives and our children. Amen. How many know that God speaks to our mothers? But when Sarah heard the declaration of what was going to come to pass, she laughed. She's like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> Y'all are just not into me today. I don't know what this is. Are you tired? Rain got your smile? Somebody laugh. <laughs> Amen, I feel like I'm... Never mind. She heard the plan... Of God, the word of God being spoken to her husband about what was going to be fulfilled, and she laughed about it. 
Amen. And then, and then the angel comes out and they begin talking with, with Sarah. And he said, well, you heard what I said, but you laughed about it. She said, no, I didn't. Isn't that right? Isn't that what it says? She tried to lie to the angel of the Lord. Man. Try to lie to God. God. God is trying to tell her what is going to happen. And she begins to talk against the plan and the purpose of God. Because of her current circumstance and her situation, she could not see the plan of God coming about in her life. Because of where she was at right then, she couldn't see it happening. She couldn't have faith to believe that God could overcome her circumstance in order to bring the word of God to pass. And I want to tell you today that God's word can transcend or rise above every barrier that resists his plan. It doesn't matter if it's a function that he created. Amen. How many know he made the sun stand still? For Joshua and the children of Israel to defeat an army that was fighting against. He made the, the sun, the, the, the thing that he put uh, in the sky to give us light. Uh, and for to dictate the time and the days and the nights uh, and the, the weeks and months and years and seasons. Amen. He caused it to stand still to fulfill his word to the Israelite people. And I want to tell you today, uh, if God's given you a word for your life, uh, it is a promise. Uh, and your current circumstance cannot keep it from happening. Amen. We all have a Hagar and we all have an Isaac. Amen. There is a there is a a family that we have been born into that is fleshly. Amen. How many know that you are a generation of your parents? When your parents came as a union, they generated you. Amen. Somebody say, thanks, mom and dad. I am a generation of Carl and Kay Christmas. So if you think I'm annoying or ugly, blame them. Don't blame me. <laughs> you are a generation of your father and your mother. Somebody say amen. You are a, a seed of your father planted in your mother that produced life. Amen. You, uh, uh, the color of eyes that I have came from my mother. Amen. Sorry, Dad. He got green eyes. Amen. I believe all of us have blue eyes. She dominant. Amen. I'm sorry. Oh, man. My white hair came from both of them. Amen. We are our height, our uh, our looks, our everything about us was generated through uh, the union that our father and mother have. How many know that regardless whether or not your father is active in your life or your mother is active in your life right now, you are a product of a father and a mother. 
Amen. You're the product of a man and a woman coming together and, and having relations and developing a child. Amen. You are a generation of your mother and your father. You are born into this world. You have an earthly mother and an earthly father. Amen. And you resemble them and you take after them. You There's characteristics and traits that you have that you didn't ask for that you just inherited from them. Amen. Because how many know the life that you have in the natural man is inherited from your father and your mother. Somebody say amen. It's inherited through the gene pool of your father and your mother. So who you were born after in the flesh, you are born into that family, into that race, into that lineage, into that country, regardless of what it is or where it's at, you have a fleshly life and a natural body. Somebody say amen. That's Hagar. Amen. How many know that the law of Moses was after the flesh? Amen. It was to it was to to let us know the process that would take place to kill the flesh so the spirit could live. Come on, somebody. It, it was a it was a representation that just because you're born into this world doesn't mean that you're a child of God. Amen. Just you're born a child. I'm a child of. Okay, and Carl Christman. Amen. I am born with the name Christman. Amen. The name of Christman don't get me anything in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. The name Anderson don't get you anything. The name Ryder won't get you anything. Sorry. <laughs> amen. The name Hup won't get you anything. I'm just picking on some people today. Come on, the name Sander won't get you anything in the kingdom of God. How many know that's an earthly name after earthly people? Amen. God's kingdom is not after fleshly desires or fleshly kingdoms or fleshly families. Come on, the, the name of Christman don't go any further than natural things. Amen. But there is a spiritual kingdom and a spiritual family. Come on, and a spiritual name that's above every name. How many know that the Bible tells us that God has highly exalted him? and given him a name that's above every name that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father Amen. That there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. There is one name that carries weight in heaven, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Isaac was born. Somebody say Isaac was born. He was born through a barren womb. Amen. The promise that God had had promised to Abraham and Sarah was that through their seed, the nations of the world would be blessed. How many know that through down through the bloodline of Abraham and Sarah, through the bloodline, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, amen, the 12 sons of Jacob, amen, the tribe of Judah, 
singled out the tribe of Judah. And there's prophetic word that goes, goes out talking about that, that the, the, the Messiah would come through the tribe of Judah. Amen. There's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ coming and being born through the seed of David. And they called him because he's born through uh, uh, Judah. They call him the son of David. Amen. How many know that he's the son of David because he was born through the lineage of David, the king of Israel. It's through the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody. All the way down through time. If you pick up your Bible and begin to read the genealogies or the generations that happened down through the Bible, there's a reason they put the genealogies in there. It's because Jesus Christ came through a particular bloodline. And when he was born in the womb of Mary, when he was birthed in the womb of Mary, it was through the tribe of the the, 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 of Judah. Amen. And when the Holy Ghost overshadowed her, he planted in her the seed of God. He planted in her the, the word of God, the seed of God that should be born from the womb of a virgin and that should come forth. And he said, thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall forgive all your people from their sins. Somebody say amen. It's through the Holy Ghost that the seed was planted in the womb of Mary. Luke 1, 28, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Amen. It's through the Holy Ghost that the seed was planted within Mary. Now, I've heard a lot of bogus teachings in my day. And there's a teaching out there right now that will tell you that the Holy Ghost is the female part of God. That's wrong. Now, I, I feel something. That's wrong. That is no female part of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the one that planted the seed, which would make him the Father. Come on, somebody. It's the Spirit of God. Amen. There is no female part of God. God is the Father. Somebody say, God's the Father. God is the Creator. God is the man in this relationship. Because He's the one that plants into us. Come on, somebody. He's the one that plants seeds into our heart that causes us to bring forth. When the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, he, he did it for one purpose, to plant the seed of the Word of God on the inside of Mary. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And through the process of time, as that child began to grow in the womb, there was a time when she began to bring forth and bear the Son of God and have him bring forth the breath of life. His name is Jesus and his father is God. Somebody say amen. How many know it took a natural woman to produce Jesus? <laughs> amen. Jesus had to become a man. 
He had to become a man. Somebody say he had to. He had to overcome the flesh. The flesh had to be destroyed. Amen. It was the plan of God. How many know that, that, that he was born unto a virgin Mary, he had a, a fleshly body. Come on. He had a, a, a fleshly uh, desires, a fleshly mind. He had everything that we have. He got tired. He got, he, he got uh, hungry. Amen. There's times where, where uh, he got weary and he had to go pray. Uh, there's tired times maybe where he even got tired of people. Amen. Where he had to go to a, a, a mountain by himself and pray. Amen. All night long, we cause him all kinds of strife. Amen. Uh, Jesus walked on the earth as a man. Amen. He, he lived as a man. He went through everything that we go through. He, he, he was the seed of Abraham. He was that which was prophesied. He was that which was talked about by all the prophets of the Old Testament. He was that which was sent to fulfill the law and the purpose of Scripture. He was that which was sent to take away the sins of the whole world and be the sacrifice for our sins on the cross. Amen. It was him. He was the one that was sent. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was the perfect Lamb, the spotless Lamb of God. He was the bread of life. He was that bread that came down from heaven. He was the water of life that you drink of and you'll never thirst again. He was that one that was prophesied from heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and he's worthy. Amen. Jesus Died on the cross. He literally died on the cross. This is not just a, a good story. These are actual events. Amen. Eyewitness accounts of his majesty. Amen. He died on the cross. They poked his side with a spear and blood and water came out. Amen. He was a real man. Somebody say he was a real man. He sacrificed his life for us. How many know that was the purpose and the plan of God from the beginning? That's why he said the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Come on, it was always purposed in the plan of God for the Son of God to die on the cross for our sins. Amen. It was, a, it was the plan of God that the New Testament would not be written in the blood of bulls and goats and turtle doves or sheep, but it would be rewritten in the, the divine Son of God that gave his life a ransom for the whole world. By giving his life, the Old Testament was abolished. The ceremonial law, now don't get me wrong. There's a lot of misconception here that we don't have to listen to anything the Old Testament says. That's not true. How many know there's moral law and there's ceremonial law? The ceremonial law was done away with. But the moral law still stands. How many know it's an eternal law? Amen. That came from God. The Ten Commandments, you still got to follow those. Amen. 
He didn't do away with the Ten Commandments just because he died on the cross. No, that's living in righteousness. That's our duty. Amen. Fulfilling, when he said fulfilling the law of God or the word of God, that's the word of God that still stands. But the ceremonial law, the law of Moses, that which the priests performed, the sacrificing of animals, the sacrificing of sheep and rams and turtle doves and all of that, going into the tabernacle of Moses, going to the brazen altar, going into the, the washing in the laver of water, going into the holy place and offering incense and eating of the unleavened bread and the seven golden candlesticks are all a representation of a spiritual place that God prepared for us through the death and the blood of Jesus Christ. We can enter in. We have access. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, my Bible tells me that the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, giving us access. There is no longer a separation between him, the holiest of holies, and us that we can go through the blood and the name and actions of Jesus Christ. We can come boldly unto the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Clap your hands and love him. trying to get there. I'm working on it. Amen. I'm sweating. I don't normally sweat when I preach. I'm going to turn that air conditioner on. <laughs> turn it down a little bit. Amen. Anybody else hot or is it just me? It's just me. Okay, Jesus paid the price. Jesus was the prophesied seed of Abraham. Through Abraham's seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are the seed of Abraham. Amen. We have access to everything Abraham had access to as a Jew, as a child of God, or the one that's called out. Amen. It's not according to your name or what family you were born into on this earth. It's according to the name of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, all that he fulfilled that we have access. You put faith in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're a son and daughter of the living God. You have the traits of him. Somebody he say amen. Hold on, let me read you some scripture. Galatians 3, 23 through 25. <laughs> but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Amen. It was the, the schoolmaster. It was the teacher. Amen. The law, the ceremonial law set the stage. This is what's got to happen for mankind to be justified through faith. And Jesus Christ fulfilled all of the Mosaic law, went through as the spotless lamb, and all that was declared by the law of Moses fulfilled it all, completely fulfilled the law. But he was the schoolmaster. It was the schoolmaster to show us who the Messiah would be. 
But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew or Greek. There is neither bond or free. There is neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I want to tell you today that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Heirs according to the promise. That was made to Abraham. But he makes this statement. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Amen. What's he saying? You must be born again. Your first birth don't carry any weight in eternity. In fact, it's the opposite. Amen. How many know David said, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. I don't care how good your parents are. Without God's word and the blood of Jesus, they can't help you be saved. Somebody say amen. I don't care what family you're born into, what country. Uh, just because you're born an American citizen doesn't mean that you're one of child's. God's children. It's through Jesus Christ we must be born again. Somebody say, I must be born again. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He came to him by night because under the guise of darkness, he could sneak. <laughs> he didn't want people to see him coming to Jesus. But he came to Jesus because he believed his teachings. And he knew he was a man sent from God. Amen. And so he began to, he began to ask Jesus, how, am I, how do I obtain eternal life? What do I got to do to be saved? Jesus said, you got to be born again. Okay, what was, what was Nicodemus' response? Can I enter into my mother's womb? That'd be quite a task. And be born again. She would beat you to a pulp. <laughs> Can I enter into my mother's womb a second time and be born? He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. He said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Amen. Or you can't see the kingdom of God. You got to be baptized into Christ. Somebody say, I need to be baptized into Christ. In Luke 24 and 49, Jesus talking to his disciples before he ascended up into heaven, he says, and behold, I send the promise of my father unto you. Now, I find that intriguing because 
Abraham was a child of promise, right? Isaac was a child of promise. Jacob was a child of promise. It was prophesied through the word of God. It was promised. Somebody say it was promised. Amen. And when, when he's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God coming, what does he say? I send to you the promise of my Father unto you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Amen. Understand today that we are born again after the Spirit of God, through the Spirit of God. Amen. When the Word of God is preached to us, it's the Spirit of God that reveals it to us. And the Bible says that they went to Jerusalem to tarry. Amen. Somebody say they went to tarry. They went to wait on the promise. I mean, Abraham and Sarah had to wait on the promise. Amen. We got to wait on the promise of the Father. They went to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that they tarried there for, for 10 days, praying, seeking the face of God. They're, they're, they're waiting on the promise of God to show up. Uh, they're, they're, they're waiting on that which was spoken by Old Testament prophets. Amen. With stammering lips in another tongue, will I speak to my people? Amen. Then the book of Isaiah, Isaiah wrote about it. Amen. Line upon line, precept upon precept, with stammering lips in another tongue, will I speak to my people? It was also prophesied in the book of Joel that in the last days, he said, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. On, 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 on my sons and daughters and the handmaidens will I pour out upon them in that day my spirit. Amen. It was prophesied by the Old Testament prophets of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. But when Jesus spoke about it, he said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. I want to tell you today, the promise from the beginning was the Spirit of God on the inside of us. It was Christ in us, the hope of glory. It was the outpouring of of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost that birthed the New Testament church. It was the birthing place of the church. When the Spirit was poured out, that was God saying, I have come back in spirit form and I've taken up residence on the inside of you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Amen. How many know we need the Spirit of God? Clap your hands and love Him today. They're gathered together on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. When the Spirit of God came, that outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it was the, the, the first evidence of sign was they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the baptism of the Spirit of God. That is Jesus Christ filling you with His Spirit. How many know He is the giver of the Holy Ghost? 
and through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the promise was fulfilled. Amen. That he would not just be with them, but that he would be in them. Amen. In, in the book of John, he says, uh, uh, he says that uh, uh, the, the, the wind blows as it listeth. Amen. And, and, and you can't see uh, the wind. You can't see. This is how the Spirit is. You can't see the wind. You can't, you can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. Amen. You can see the impact of it. Amen. When the Spirit of God begins to move, you can't see it with your natural eyes, but you can feel it. Come on. You can feel it moving. You can feel the wind begin to blow in. Amen. You can feel it begin to settle upon you. You can feel it begin to fill up on the inside, and there will be an evidence that goes forth through the moving of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. The book of John, he said, Jesus talking. They that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Somebody say, out of his belly. Out of his innermost being, they that believe on me, he said, as the scripture has said. No, you can believe on Jesus, not after the scripture. Amen. You can have wrong beliefs about him. But he said, they that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the very next scripture, he says, uh, this spake he of the spirit in parentheses. What does that mean? English majors. Where's my marker? She's a stickler for good grammar. And Sister Tori is too. What's parentheses mean? Come on, stand up there. It's, it's in a part, right? It's a part of the... the the statement made prior to the parentheses. Amen. It's an addition to, right? It's a, add this to it. Because out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And people might get that confused. And so it says in parentheses, this spake ye of the Spirit. But because the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, but after he ascended, Back on high, uh, on uh, when he went to Bethany, and he, he five hundred of his disciples were there, and he ascended up into heaven, and he told them, "Go tarry." Once he ascended back on high with the Father, he went back to heaven. He could send the Comforter, who was to come. Come on, who who would be a witness to us and about Jesus? Amen. It would be a testimony of His power. Amen. This spake He of the Spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It was not poured out as of yet, but there's coming a day when the outpouring of the Spirit of God would be the representation of being born again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. What's corruptible seed? Us, right? What we can do, not being born again, not, not of the will of man or the will of blood, right? Now what he says in the book of John, 
being born, being born not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed by the word of God. Amen. The word that has been spoken, the word that has been prophesied, the word that has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ now issues the, the gift of the Holy Ghost to all them that he calls his children. Come on, somebody. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of God. We need the outpouring of the Spirit of God in our lives. It's not just enough to be born of water. We got to be born of the Spirit of the living God. How many know that's resurrection power? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit. Amen. There's an outpouring of the spirit of God for all those who believe. How many believe that? Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. It was the birthing of the church on the day of Pentecost through the spirit of God. Amen. It was no longer just Jews. Come on, how many know he said a Jew is not a Jew after the flesh, but inwardly after the spirit. Amen. It's not about your lineage. It's not about your last name. It's not about uh, what, what, what family you grew up into or what occupation you do or how much money you make. Or uh, it's, not, it's not according to how good you've lived up until this point because you can't earn the kingdom of God. How many know that you can only get into the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus and through the spirit of the living God? Somebody say, man, elbow your neighbor and tell him you got to be born again. Man, I love the Word of God. Listen to this. Not by works of righteousness, this is Titus 3, 5, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Good day, guys. That was hard for them to get up and walk out. We should have gave them a hand for that. We should have. Man, are you embarrassed? Preacher preaching too long. Now I got to get up and walk out in the middle of it. It's his fault anyways. Somebody's preaching while I'm preaching. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. How did he save us? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should have been made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Stand with me all around the building. God is our Father. 
Somebody say, God is our father. How many know the church is our mother? We are birthed in the church. We are birthed into the body of Christ. Amen. When, when Peter, when Jesus, he said, Whom say men, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? They said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What did Jesus say? Flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. And upon this rock, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's on the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and all that Jesus has done that he built his church. Somebody say amen. How many know he does everything he's going to do in the earth through his church, through his body? The church is not a denomination. It's not a building. Denominations are are made by men. God's church is after the word of God. And it's based on the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody born into his body is birthed through the church. That's why he's told them, like as sincere babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The father draws you to the house of God. The preacher will preach you to the altar. The Spirit pulls on you. You repent of your sins. They'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. We are baptized into His body through the Spirit of the living God. That means we are put in our place in the body by the Spirit of God. It's through the church that God operates in the earth. Somebody say amen. It's the church that is the mother of the children. When he was talking about Zion travailing and Jerusalem feeding them and bringing them forth, he was talking about that which would be birthed in Jerusalem, that which would be birthed in Zion. Zion is the mount of God. It is the holy mountain. It is the mountain of God. How many know the Bible tells us of a new Jerusalem that's coming down from heaven? Amen. We don't, we're not talking about that land over in Israel. We're talking about the new Jerusalem, a heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. How many know it's the kingdom of God? It's the word of God. It's the city of the living God that we are citizens of. We are the ecclesia. Amen. Listen to this. In the classical days of Athens, the ecclesia, it means the called out, was the convened assembly of people, all citizens who had not lost their civic rights, apart from the fact that its decisions had to conform the laws of the state, its powers were to all intents and purposes unlimited. It elected and dismissed magistrates, 
directed the policy of the city, declared war, made peace, contracted treaties, and arranged alliances, elected generals and other military officers, assigned troops to different campaigns, and dispatched them from the city, raised and allocated funds, ultimately was responsible for the con conduct of military operations, these meetings began with prayer and sacrifice. It was a true democracy. Two watchwords were equality and freedom. All had equal rights and equal duty to take part. So when he was talking about the church in the New Testament, he used the word ecclesia, that we are all a part of this distinguished group. Amen. It's a, set apart, it's a group of people that's set aside. It's an assembly of free citizens who are called out of their homes or places of business to assemble together to give consideration to matters of public interest. The church is not just called out, but it's called out to assemble. I want to tell you today that there is purpose in the church. The church is the mother of the lost. It's the mother of all who are born into the kingdom of God. We are the representation of God in the earth. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are heirs to God and join heirs with Jesus Christ and the church has power to bring forth children. When Zion travails, she'll bring forth children. Amen. When Zion begins to intercede and pray, come on, when Zion begins to understand that there's people that need this, just as much as we needed this. Come on, there are people that are lost the same way that we were lost. Amen. There are people that were in the same that are in the same condition that God pulled us out of. When we realize it's our responsibility now to be a bridge between them and God. Amen. The church is the bridge. The church is the one that stands in the gap. The church is the one that makes up the hedge. The church is the one that stands as ambassadors between God and men. We have responsibility as the mother. I mean, you know, the book of Revelations calls us the bride of Christ. The mother of all that God will do in the earth. There are people that will try to say, I can do this on my own. I don't need the church. I want to tell you this morning, you're wrong. And if you're sitting at home this morning and you're watching on live stream, Watching on live stream is not enough. Somebody say amen. Sitting on your couch and getting at every other sentence or every third sentence is not enough. Getting distracted by the dog or getting distracted by the television or getting distracted by food. It's not enough. You need the church. Come on. You need to be in the church. You need to be in the house of God with God's people. There's something that God wants to do in the church that he can only do to you when you're in the church. You think that you're going to search out all the answers by yourself. You're wrong. You're wrong. You need the body of Christ. You need the ministry of the body of Christ. 
Man, I have made up my mind. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've made up my mind. I'm not leaving the church. I'm not going to be offended out of the church. I'm not going to be gilded out of the church. I'm not going to be pushed out of the church. I'm going to fight for the church, find my place in the church, operate in the church, sit under the ministry of the church because that's God working in the earth. Somebody say amen. That person sitting next to you, they're part of you. They're connected to you in the body. That person sitting in front of you, they're connected to you in the body. You may not even know them. You may not even know their name. But there should be a connection between you and them because we are all citizens come on, of the commonwealth. We are all citizens of heaven. Somebody say amen. I want you to lock arms with that person next to you like you're square dancing with them. Look at the person on your left and whisper in their ear. Do that, don't. <laughs> Say, you're important to me. Now look at the person on your right. Tell them. Whisper in their ear. Just throw it their direction. Tell them, I'm not going to let you fall out of the church. Because if I lose you, part of me is gone. We are members one of another. There's children to be born. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I feel the, the prophetic unction of the Lord in this house. There are children to be born. They are going to be born in this house through you. Somebody say, through you. Come on, begin to pray, pray for your neighbor right now in the name of Jesus. Begin to call their name out right now. I pray for every person that's watching the live stream. I pray that they would be reconnected to the church. God, I pray, Lord, that they would, they would get... Uh, get connected, Lord, that, that they would get refocused, God, on the purpose and priority of the church and not forsaken the assembling of themselves together as a manner of some is, but so much the more as we see the evil day approaching. We're going to need each other more in this last day. I'm going to need you close to me. I'm going to need you praying for me. I'm going to need you pulling for me. hear me this morning I'm going to try to pull you out of the church I'm going to try to separate you from the church amen on Thursday night we talked about spiritual warfare we're going to we're going to talk about it more on this coming Thursday we're in a fight in a war and the enemy is relentless fighting our minds trying to get us turned against one another 
But I refuse to allow that to happen. I'm not going to allow it to happen. Amen. How many know knowledge is power? Is that uncomfortable? Well, I'm so sorry. Come on, hook arms. You're linked up with those folks. Tell them I'm not going to let you fall out of the church. You know what we do when people try to leave the church? A lot of times, the pastor will call them. People that are close to them will call them. But everybody sitting in the pews, a lot of times we just say, well, you know, maybe they'll come back. It's not God's will for people to fall out of the church and be lost. It's our responsibility to one another to hold on to each other. can get you out as if there's a weak link in the chain. Amen. When those relationships aren't right. Come on, somebody. We're, we're members one of another. I don't care if that person sitting next to you is your family. You, they are important to you in the kingdom of God. And there's a reason why they're here this morning. God called us to serve him together with God. Amen. We are laborers together with God. We are members one of another. I feel a moving of the spirit beginning to blow right now. Close your eyes and begin to pray for those people next to you. God, in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of offense. I bind every spirit that's trying to resist your will. I bind every spirit that's trying to pull them away from their calling, away from the house of the living God, away from your body, Lord, the church, Lord, away from their purpose. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I lose unity, Lord. I lose the power of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of who you are. I lose your will to be done in every life, in every family here today. In the name of Jesus. This is your lifeline. Come on, this is your lifeline. God has purpose for your life. God has a will for your life, a plan, a divine plan of God. This is your lifeline this morning. Amen. This is where the Spirit of God is moving. This is where the Word of God is going forth. This is where healing occurs. This is a safe place for you to come and to be healed. This is a place set aside and set apart for God to move and operate in. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people. We are the church of the living God. Now lift your hands and just begin to worship Him. Let's worship for a few moments this morning.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.